<laughs> Welcome to uh, what may or may not be, depending on um, what I do with the previous recording, the, the inaugural episode of, um, of uh, the Fake Spike podcast here. And uh, we are going into the straight raw emotion. Uh, I don't know anything that's going on, dude. I, I got a text from you and decided not to go on Facebook, not to look at the news, not look at anything. I am, I am going strictly on, on raw emotion and anger on this. And, uh, you know, this being the... Please, please, I'm <laughs> dying jet. to jump in. Let me fill you in while you were busy with your date night. The yeah, Jets yeah. made the brilliant decision to release Le'Veon Bell. Release Le'Veon Bell, the guy that the Jets basically paid a ton of guaranteed money. He was the guy that kind of sparked the running back market because the Jets throw that money at him. He's now gone after one unproductive season and four games where he appeared in one. Underutilized, underused, uh, did and not completely help one how, completely how, misused. How is this good business? I understand the. I read the reports on ESPN that they couldn't even get a late round pick for him because everybody knew that the Gates wanted him out and he. But why give in and release him? At least you use him until the goddamn offseason. You're on a hook already. You know what's going to happen. I'm I'm sorry. I got He's going to end up with the Chiefs and he's going to win the goddamn Super Bowl this year. Yeah, well, he's going to sign with the contender. (laughs) Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't get this at all. It makes no sense because the guy just came back from from a couple of week injury where he couldn't play. Right, he looked pretty sharp, but this fucking Gase, uh, you know, I'll get to Gase in a second because I got a lot to say about him. And I had planned on doing a quick hit um, video tonight about Gase and Bell and everything that's going on, but this this threw it into into total chaos. But he just came back. He you owed him you owe him all this money. So basically, now you're releasing him. You are going to pay him. To go to go play for someone else, and and nobody but a contender's picking him up this year with his contract because the Jets structured enough of a deal that at the end of this year he can be released with a minimal cap hit. So he's going to go to a winner. He's not going to you know uh, you know uh, what a you know, the Giants. What a great he's not, return on it. Yeah, what a great just, return on the guaranteed money we paid him. What a great what? return. Dude, why wouldn't they just just use him properly for a few weeks, showcase him, and then try and get a draft pick for him, even if it's a fifth-round pick? I mean, what? You just released the guy. What are they thinking? I mean, at this point, I have to believe that either Douglas is completely incompetent or he's under orders from, from the owners to just do whatever or he's in on it. You know what I mean? I, I don't know anymore. I just don't. It doesn't make any sense. It, it This move just completely – It's. It's astoundingly stupid. It's bad business. You already are on the hook for the guaranteed money. You're the biggest Jets fan I know. I'm there. This is just the incompetence is of the highest order. There is no light at the end of the tunnel. If used properly, I get it. He's not the Le'Veon Bell of the prime years of the Steelers. We can all agree on that. But if you use him properly, the guy could still be a fantastic security blanket for Sam Darnold. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can still help create matches. He might not win all of the one-on-one matchups. But my God, the way they used him, it was just horrendous. If he, no wonder he wanted out. It, it's just – and look at the timeline on this. this. This is what I've been thinking about all night after I texted you. Look at the timeline. We hire a coach who right away doesn't get along with the GM. We allow GM to spend a shit ton of money, guaranteed money, on a running back that the new coach does not want. Promptly after signing that player, the GM gets the boot and gets fired. 
we bring in another GM that's now supposed to be closer with this coach. The coach has looked fucking incompetent, has ran our young quarterback into the ground. Um, we have now got rid of the highest paid player with the guaranteed money. We are on pace to be the worst team in the NFL. This is after shelling out. The, what it? What is this franchise doing? I, it's uh, you no. Know, it's funny you say that because um, I, I, I my, that was my exact question out loud. I was like, what? is this franchise doing? You can't, you know, normally, you know me, I, I, I'm logical about this shit. I will quote you all the business shit. I will quote you the salary cap. I'll quote you to rebuild and, you know, give you the, the the thing three years down the road and what they're supposed to do and whether or not they can come through is another story. But I have no idea what all of this is supposed to be right now. Nothing. It's not even, it doesn't make any sense at all. I have two things that I got to get your opinion on, and you're going to laugh at the first one, and the second one we got to discuss more in depth. Uh, first one to make you laugh, there are some Jets fans, uh, if you look at some uh, some uh, groups, some Twitter feeds, they're actually predicting that the Jets are going to give the Dolphins a game and possibly win. I couldn't stop laughing. I thought I got I thought I got into like a comedy chat room by accident. Do these people realize we've lost every game by double digits? The one game we lost by nine points was to our third string quarterback and the Denver Broncos, who are not exactly lighting Traveling. up the league either. Traveling we've been annihilated. Yeah. <laughs> we've been annihilated every game. I mean, it's not even it's it doesn't look real. It's like we're playing a B squad against the top NFL guys. So I thought you'd get a kick out of that. The second thing that I got to get your opinion on, if you're the parents or the agent for Trevor Lawrence, tell me you want to go to the Jets after seeing what this franchise has done to Darnold and Sanchez just in the last couple of years. You're either advising him to go back to school or you're pulling an Eli and you're holding out. There is no way you're signing a contract with the Jets. No way. Yep. Um, well, to, to talk, to speak to your first one, um, I... <laughs> Jets, they're freaking killing me. Um, I already forgot what your first question was. Can you just the first refresh question my was real quick? Uh, people are actually blogging. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, if you're going to give a, the Dolphins a game, I get it. Fitzpatrick can. These people are forgetting what they're doing. Is they're thinking with their hearts and they're not thinking with their heads because the Jets have been completely uncompetitive in every single game. And that includes Denver where they had a lead, could have done whatever. And the, the little bit of competitive competitiveness they showed was destroyed by their coach who is a, who is a complete mutt, has no idea how to call plays and has no idea how to game plan, has no balls. And he, he submarined any chance they had of winning that game. But regardless, they should have never been in that position. You had, you know, you mentioned all of the things, but also the Denver Broncos were coming across country on a, sh on short rest for a Thursday game. But a third-string quarterback who'd never played, got off to a hot start. The Jets weathered that hot start. And then somewhere in the third quarter, the guy reverted to the third-string quarterback that he is. And, and the Jets basically let them actually outscore them more during that time than they did um, when, when the guy was hot. So it, if you think the Jets have a legitimate shot now, they might steal a game here or there. But it, it, you can't think the Jets have any legitimate shot to win any game they're going into. Not At this point, I can, I can honestly say at this point – if the Dolphins showed up to the locker room at 5 a.m. after an all-night drinking bender in a strip club, they will still put the Jets away, and it's not even going to be close. The, what has this team shown offensively? The defense made a play here and there simply by the simply by probability of the numbers. You're on the field for goddamn 80% of the game. You're bound to get a bounce your way, get an interception here, there, a sack. What the hell has the offense done? Has there been one big play? 
No, the offense, yeah, there's been a couple of big plays here and there, but they've been mostly by accident. And that's the that's the key here is there is no plan for any kind of big plays, okay? At, you know, I think you and me spoke about this the other night. Adam Gase gets into a little bit of a groove here and there. Um, you know, with the flow of the game, he'll actually have a few good plays that work and the Jets seem like they're moving the ball. And then a pivotal moment happens and he, and he chickens out. He, he turns into chicken shit and has no idea how to call a game. But, you know, to tie this into the Le'Veon Bell thing, Le'Veon Bell is a great receiver out of the backfield. He does well in open space. And all this guy does is give him the ball a few times a game and run him into the line. He's, he doesn't put, he doesn't line him up as a wide receiver. He, he uses Frank Gore on these backfield, on these passes out of the backfield. He, he hands the ball to a, a freaking tight end on third and one. You have, you have three running backs. We have a hot shot rookie running back. Who's very yeah. promising. He doesn't get live reps because Frank Gore, God bless him, 74 years old, still in the league. But what purpose is he on the Jets? I, I don't know. Now, to answer your other question, I think you have, you know, I think um, the biggest thing the Jets are doing is screwing everything up is 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 showing that they are more inept than we even thought they were because they are allowing Adam Gase to do the same thing here that he did in Miami, which is drive every star out of town, um, misuse his running backs terribly. I mean, he, he, he can't, he can't game plan. He gets blown out in every game. So what they're doing is they have now made it clear that the time it happened with the dolphins doesn't mean much because they're doing the same thing here and allowing it. So Adam Gase is more important than your best defensive player, your best offensive player. And now you're, your one bargaining chip you might have if you can actually use the guy right after he did nothing to to make these things better. He, it's not like Adam Gase has done everything he could and and you know designed everything correctly and these guys are not performing. He has fucked everything up from day one. It's, it, it, it's a shit show. Since this is our first podcast of many we're going to record, I'm going to make a bold prediction right here right now so it's on tape. I know who the Jets' next coach is going to be. The Eagles are going to let go of Doug Peterson this year because Wentz has regressed. Uh, I think he wore off his Super Bowl uh, trump card that he used. Uh, Joe Douglas is going to scoop him up. I, I just I see another recycled name who has lost the locker room, who is falling a little bit behind of the new, uh, of the new NFL, uh, who again... Uh, I don't want to say he got lucky. The first year, Philadelphia looked fantastic. But I'm saying on the record, Doug Peterson is the next head coach of the Jets and is the next disaster. All right. Well, it's on record. Um, I I hope you're wrong. Um, I hope that um, if that is the case, that it's Douglas's decision and that the Jets actually hand him that that um, authority. But at this point, you know, I, I never got to answer the Trevor Lawrence thing because I'm just so shocked I go off in other directions. But the Jet, the Jets have. The Jets have proven that they're a terrible organization. Okay, you, you have some hope that Douglas can change that, but they keep siding with Adam Gase over everybody else. So, if you're Trevor Lawrence's future agent, you're his parents, as you said, what possible reason would you have for this kid to come out of school and come to the Jets? You know, he's better off risking injury in college and going a year without the money and having another great year and then commanding even more money when he gets out. Um, you know, uh, and having even more hype. I mean, the money's going to be the same, but having even more hype when he comes out than going to the Jets and essentially saying, you know, I'm going to have a three-year NFL career and then be, you know, a third-string I mean, quarterback for the fucking Cleveland Browns. And, and think about the last two years. Arizona Cardinals, Cincinnati Bengals, both teams were knew they were drafting a young, dynamic quarterbacks. Both teams 
got rid of the old mindset coach and went with a young, dynamic, offensive-minded coach. Jets are not going to do that. They're still going to go with, he has a proven track record in the NFL. His record in the last two years is four wins and 37 losses. Uh, He lost the locker room in the last three stops, but he has experience, and that's vital for the Jets. Losing experience preferred. I, I, you know, I, I just, I'm, I, I don't have any idea what, what direction they're going. I mean, the only direction they could possibly be going is to tear everything down and start over. But, but, ha, you know, and that would all be great if you were doing that with the coach too. But the coach, he's the big problem here because if you had a coach in there who could actually game plan, actually play to the strengths of his players, and actually um, take advantage of the weaknesses of other teams, those three things alone. What a good coach does can overcome mediocre talent and make bad guys play well if they're prepared, if they're, you know, if they're if they are focused. And and this is at this point now, every player you got a rookie running back talking about how, you know, the the coach went. First of all, how does Adam Gase say that they're worried about stunting Piran's development? All right, so don't give him the ball in big situations, but give him the ball. You know, then the rookie actually says something on on Twitter about how am I supposed to develop if I don't play? Hey, good point, young guy. You know, Frank Gore is, is irrelevant. He's he's a hundred years old, and and. You know, they basically have have said that our players don't matter. Adam Gase matters, and nobody's going to want to come here. It's not just Trevor Lawrence. I mean, the Jets exactly. Nobody's going to want to come here. Yep. The agents don't want to are not going to want to bring their top guys to the Jets. Absolutely right. And who has ever heard of this bullshit? I mean, I've heard quarterbacks sitting for a season, half a season. Running backs get drafted with their fresh legs to go right in there. Show me that exactly. you got it. Especially exactly. on a team that's struggling. Get them those live reps. We're not going to the goddamn playoffs this year. How that's the perfect opportunity to give them experience. Yeah, and and I I you know, the other thought I had in my head popped back out again too, because I'm so confused about all of this is, is um I forgot what it was, but yeah, but this this um you're absolutely right. Running back is the one position that you can you can be a star immediately. You come into the league. It's just I mean, listen, I understand that that you might run into some blocking issues, so don't put them in on passing downs. I understand that there may be some scheme issues, but but hand the ball to the guy, tell him to go hit the hole and, and you'll learn about him. You'll learn about him. You're not stunting anyone's development by by fearing that getting them into the game. There's zero justification for Frank Gore to get offensive reps ahead of the rookie. It's just not, especially on a losing team. On a contender, okay, Frank Gore is the perfect guy to learn from, to watch. He's a professional. He's a locker room guy. But in this situation, that's it's just not a fit. And they continue to gaze his bulletproof. He he can do no wrong in the owner's eyes. And, yeah. and, and, the, the team keeps keep saying that they, they got the coaches back. They look uninspired. They looked uninterested. They looked defeated two minutes into the game. As soon as they give up a big play, uh, the yeah, offense goes three and out. That's what the coach does. He gives up on his team five minutes into the game. You had two, <laughs> you, I mean, that, I can keep going back to that run, that 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 tight end on third down. You're on the seven yard line, eight yard wherever they, but you're in the red zone, and and they go two plays to get one yard, and they couldn't do it. And both were absolutely terrible play calls. Terrible. You got one of them is a handoff to a tight end, and the other one was uh, it was Gore. They gave the ball to on fourth and one, right? Was it Gore? I don't think it was Bell. I think it was Gore. Um, I just I don't understand how. How you, you know, anybody, including Joe Douglas, can look at Adam Gase and say he is doing a good job and not take into account that, yes, there's, there's not a lot of talent on his team. 
there's not a lot of this, there's not a lot of that, but but he's not getting anything out of these guys. He's he is going the opposite way. He's he's getting less out of them and they're 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 degressing, they're regressing. It's it is an it is a, an absolute shit show. And it, it, you know, we talked about this a second ago and 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 I'm just I'm going back to it, but Nobody's going to come here. And if they do, for a GM who doesn't believe in overpaying free agents and building through the draft, yes. you're not getting anybody here. You're not getting anybody. You're going to have to overpay to get anybody to even look at this place. And all you're going to get is shitty older guys like you know, your Trumaine Johnsons and your- Exactly. Um, or it's yeah. going to be guys on the one-year deal looking to show they still got it and to get the and hell out of here. And then they're out. Yep. Yep. And, and, you know, so, so maybe Joe Douglas is, is a rookie GM and he doesn't realize that, that he's laying some seriously terrible groundwork here, but he is setting a horrendous precedent. And if he, I mean, I don't see what he's going to do, but if he doesn't do something to right this ship very soon, um, I don't know what he could possibly do, but this is, you're talking, you know, you're, you're talking into the abyss here. If they're not already in the abyss, in the abyss, they're, they're headed there. This this is just my my parting thought, and then I'd love to hear yours. Is we've been fr- we've been friends and Jet fans long enough that we witnessed the Rich Cotite years. During that time, I never thought I'd see anything as bad as what, especially that one in fifteen season. But you know what? I'll tell you the difference is this feels worse. I remember we had the excitement. We drafted Keyshawn Johnson, and then Wayne Corbett came out of nowhere. We kind of felt that there was talent. Everybody knew Rich Cotite was terrible, and then. Sports gods for once blessed us, and we got Bill Parcells, and right away he took a little bit of talent, brought his own players in. We were winners. We acted like winners from day one. They played like winners. They were tough. This feels worse. I see no talent. I see players regressing. There's absolutely no upside, no uptick, no excitement, nothing on sun. I used to wake, dude. I wake up on. I used to wake up on Sundays even when the Jets were a losing team had a smile on my face it's football sunday i don't give a fuck the past two seasons i wake up and i'm like what time are the jets even playing tonight today they've destroyed that passion in me too i i I can still i can still muster up the positive passion when things go good i no longer allow myself to have my entire day and week ruined because that's what it used to do i mean i used to i used to ruin everything getting mad at this team and you know that parcells thing i completely forgot about this i had thought of this years ago and then it kind of slipped away the jets basically reverted back to what they always were they've always been a sad sack franchise parcells changed the culture for you know a 10 11 years something like that he, they actually hung on to the culture up until you know I, I know people love rex but they hung on to the culture right until the last few years of rex when things started to fall apart so let's call it let's call it 15 years out of 60, Parcells changed the culture. The Jets actually had a little bit of a different attitude. He actually expected them to do well. And then, um, you know, once once they they brought Idzik in and, and, you know, Rex started to fall on his own. I mean, I don't, I don't like Rex, uh, but it wasn't all his fault. But then Idzik, Idzik felt like this, this whole, you know, you're in an abyss. You have no idea how you're going to get out of it. This is just a laughing stock thing. So Idzik felt like this, even though the team wasn't as bad. The team, the, you know, the, the record was as bad with coat type but it didn't feel this bad this just happens to be the latest one but this is this is as bad as it's been because there doesn't seem to be any hope there was always some hope on the other ones you know you had you know there's still some hope only because there's a salary cap and they have you know they're gonna have a high draft pick and they have some some draft picks that were there but i don't see any signs of adam gaze going i'm getting scared that that he has (laughs) don't even say it don't even say it no, really. I'm starting to get the sense that if, they, listen, if they've traded Jamal Adams, if they've traded, you know, they let Rob <laughs> walk, 
they've now released Le'Veon Bell, all these, all this stuff. They're, they keep on taking Adam Gase's side. They gave him a vote of confidence. He's going to be here at the end of the year. I, I am starting to wonder whether or not <laughs> Jets have told Adam Gase, listen, it's going to be a tough couple of years. Just ride it out. You're our guy. And then he, he will be here next year. I, I'm starting to wonder because how is Adam Gase still employed? I mean, most Jet fans just say that just because of the record and because he, he really is not a good coach. But if you look deeper, how the hell is Adam Gase still employed? They, they basically have chosen Adam Gase to take Adam Gase's back over their entire organization's back. And that's yeah. very scary. And they, <laughs> I remember one of the things I learned about sports is they always say when you start losing the locker room, it's easier to change one coach than 53 players. And the Jets right now seem to be the team that are saying, you know what? We're going to try it the other way. We'll, we'll push all 53 of those assholes our out beer. there. <laughs> Hold our beer. Yeah. It's, Just, it's, uh, it's insane. I'm, um, I'm glad that we had a fun topic for our first episode. I hope. Do you think we're going to live long enough to do one of these podcasts and talk, cry about the Jets winning a Super Bowl? I know we're talking about 40, 45 years in, in the least. So we, we got to find a way to hang out. <laughs> I will leave you with this. Um, I am now 51 years old and I've started to feel my mortality, not life, but Jets, but Jets mortality, where I'm like, I, I seriously don't think the Jets are going to win a Super Bowl in my lifetime. And if they do, it's not going to be when I'm young enough to enjoy it. I don't, you know, I don't want it to be just when I'm alive. I want it to be where I can still <laughs> go have some beers, party, cry, hug my friends, and party oh, like it's fucking I, like, I, like it's I, 1999 to be I can't wait I am, for the second episode. I, I, just, uh, I think it's going to come off if the, it, the If it does happen this week, in my lifetime, but- to be too old you know this what? was a great this was a great first episode to start i uh, we will probably end up doing the next one after the game against the loss of against the dolphins but this was a fun run this was man yeah let's uh now now i'm going to go on and see if i can make any sense of this and see if i can look at the business side instead of the raw emotion so good to talk to you my friend i will uh we'll catch up on the next one this is the uh this is the uh, fake spike podcast all right I'll talk to you soon later